Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the AI Live podcast. Here we'll be talking all things aesthetics, fillers, threads, neurotoxins, techniques, and interviewing people in the aesthetic community. So thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. How's everybody doing? Thanks for joining us at AI Live. I know. We're excited to be here again. Uh, we we have a fun topic to talk about because we get a lot of DMs, a lot of questions about this. But we're going to kind of catch up, kind of rehash things that have uh, been going on this last month. Hopefully yeah. you guys have had a great April. It's May already. I can't believe it's already May. Ugh, it's already May. I know. And now we're done. We're in the <laughs> little bit of that summer kind of hopefully summer is better here in California. It was all rainy. I think it's, it may rain this it's week. It's green a little bit. It's right? it's at least it's green in California. Usually it's brown. So but my we're, allergies suck. Everybody's crap. allergies are going crazy here. Horrible, horrible, horrible. To the point, I think I rubbed myself and gave myself a little skin infection from rubbing so much. <laughs> and then the occlusion. And the, <laughs> I know it's not a great. <laughs> we'll year talk on. about that later. <laughs> Anyways, but um, quickly, I mean, what have you been up to? Since our last been... AI Live, I've been um, everywhere. I think, let me see, I was at, um, I went to Arthur Swift's master class, and oh. I've been wanting to do that for years. Uh, just finally got a chance to go and listen to the master and really listen. At, you kind of get to peek in at his brain and how he thinks about what he does. And I think no matter what, if we agree with someone or if we don't, you can still highly respect them. Of and course. I picked up pearls that are going to be great pearls, and I think it'll be awesome, and um, did that, and then... We had our, our Benev um, triple threat webinar. Oh, We had yeah, that. So we, we did. did a triple th threat webinar. That was a live webinar. And we d went through all through all different exosomes yep. and silperm and all different kinds yep. of stuff on our a weekend. Favorites. And then last weekend, I was in Austin, Texas, lecturing and teaching. And then I'm leaving for Boston on Thursday morning for Modern Beauty Con. So... <laughs> My bag's not unpacked. <laughs> so you guys, see, you guys can follow her in Boston. Follow me in Boston, yeah. What did I do? What did you do? Know. What have you done? Oh, you, you know You were what? always going I, somewhere. I overbooked myself with trainings. <gasps> yes, you did. I did trainings like on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I literally honestly worked like 14, almost 14 days straight. Not a good thing. No. This is probably why I need an assistant <laughs> to help organize my life. <laughs> it's not a good thing when, when you don't have a single day off. You see patients and then you're doing trainings and then the trainings are 12-hour days. And life is, life is literally rolling through quickly. And then I leave tonight. I go to Taiwan. Um, I'm going to be speaking at AMWC on threads and fillers. And so I'll be there for a couple of days. I'll be there for... Was it literally like four days, really? And then back back by Monday. That'll be fun. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. Uh, this, month is, this month is going by very, very, very quickly. Yeah, and it's, it's coming up. Our conference, all of our conferences are coming up kind of quickly yeah. now. So we've got um, July, the Aesthetic Show. July, the Aesthetic. September, September is going to be Aesthetic, aesthetic Next in next. Dallas. Yeah, so we've got a lot of stuff kind of. Yeah coming up so it's always summertime is fun for conferences so we awesome. hope we see you guys out there so. i know we decided that this would be a great topic to to really talk about is so you want to be an aesthetic provider what is it all about what what are we jumping into um when you are getting into the field of aesthetic mm -hmm. medicine because it's a wide expansive field <laughs> it is and it's 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 cowboy land there aren't a lot of, of uh, 
there's rules no or guidelines. Yeah, there's there's not no a roadmap. Lot out there. there honestly is no roadmap. Yeah. I mean, because even with doctors, from my standpoint, coming out there when I speak to residents, because I do deal with residents, um, I tell them that nobody, even in plastic surgery, even in dermatology, they don't actually have a roadmap on what aesthetic medicine is. Plastic surgeons do plastic surgery. Dermatologists deal with the study of derm stuff. And therefore, it makes it a lot more murky as far mm -hmm. as who's getting into this, who can get into this, how do I get into it? Because there is no, there honestly is no roadmap. It, it literally is, I'm going to take that course because somebody said it was a great course and uh, you do it and then hopefully you learn something from it. It speaks to you and how your learning process is. Um, and then honestly, it's time on tissue. Right. <laughs> a lot right. of time on tissue, a lot of getting in there and starting to make your mistakes, but hopefully making it with um, someone precepting you, watching you, mentoring you. And so this is kind of where we created the aesthetic immersion out of is, is the fact of trying to help people get mentored. Both her and I have been training for a long time. I've we trained from our clinics, mm -hmm. from all mm -hmm. of our clinics. and The residents, remember? I mean, Years yeah. Ago. I mean, we, we got the residents into it. We got our own brand new nurses, mm -hmm. brand new PAs and Ps that literally started with us. And we trained them yeah. from scratch yeah. in doing it. Nowadays, it's a lot different of a ball game because we're coming in a little bit more of a not mature stage in the aesthetic field, but a little bit more mature that a lot of us that have bigger practices don't necessarily sometimes have time to get mm -hmm. to train a lot mm -hmm. of these new, new newbies, which I know everyone's asking, well, how do I gain an experience if people want experience and I can't get the Where experience? Get it's it? like, like a catch 22 cycle because I need the experience so that I can get the better job or get the better trainings and learn and stuff like that. So that's what this is, this yeah. is all about. So ask questions as we're going along through this because that's the only way we're going to know how to gear this talk about um how to get into aesthetics because we're going to talk from our standpoints mm -hmm. how we got into it um and then go from there <laughs> yeah it was really different you know like 16 years ago when oh. you hired me when <laughs> I, I know knew, when i knew nothing <laughs> i went to him one day to get botox and then <laughs> now here i am <laughs> but um you know 16 years later and a good friendship later yes but um but i think that it's nowadays it's very different because mm -hmm. there's so much more available in education. We didn't have any, we didn't have anatomy. We didn't have studies. We, there wasn't a lot of research. We, we, we'd never heard of Hylinex. Nope. We didn't know about inclusion. So now getting into it, yeah, you need, to you need to know more because we've learned a lot in the last 15 or 16 years. So you do need to go to courses and learn a lot about this. If someone hires you and they train you on site, you probably will never learn as much as you would learn in a full I know you won't in a full comprehensive course because a lot of the docs that might want to kind of train you, they, they don't know uh, some of this stuff. So it's really important that you get a comprehensive education. The other thing is if you're leaving the hospital and we get a lot of internal med docs, OBs, we get a lot of nurses from the hospital, PAs that want to leave acute care and go into aesthetics. Make sure you're going into aesthetics for the right reason. Yep. Make sure you're not going into aesthetics for the money. It needs to still be for the patient. We're still providers first. Yeah. So that patient has to be our priority. And what I would recommend is find a provider you, you like that you might gel with, look on Instagram, whatever, 
and spend a day with them. Shadow. You might have to pay them to shadow them, mm -hmm. but see, follow them in their whole day. See how they converse with patients. See how speedy the day is. What are they doing? And is it something you might want to do and learn more in? So mm -hmm. before you invest a lot of money in education, I would say probably yeah. try to shadow somebody and kind of see if it's something you might like. There's a lot more to aesthetics than what you think. Mm -hmm. And when you start to take a, a very comprehensive course, you might be a little overwhelmed, like, whoa, I thought it was just Botox. Oh, no. It, I mean, that, that's <laughs> like, much in, more. I remember in college, you know, I mean, I get uh, re reached out by, by students in college saying, hey, can I follow you as a doctor right. to see what it is to be a doctor? I'm like, well, I am a little different. I am family medicine by training, but I don't do any family medicine. So, um, but ultimately, it, it really, really kind of is opening your eyes to seeing what you're interested. You know, the glitz and glam of this field is great. It, they're fun, you can make some big changes on people, but at the end of the day, you still need to understand the science. It's still medicine. It's a lot of education, mm -hmm. and it's really, the hardest thing is that it's education that's out there that you need to go search for. There's no roadmap on what you need to learn and how you're supposed to learn it. We are trying it through the school to try and create a little bit more of a curriculum on the aspect of it. But even then, the, this field is so, 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 so expansive that you can start one thing and then you're into another thing, into another thing, into another thing, yeah. and you can get lost very, very easily. So, you know, take them in chunks and don't overstep yourself. Really kind of get good at what you are the base foundation and then kind of grow from there it is really the the important thing with regards to this field it because it, it gets very 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 um i guess it it, it gets very hard for for newbies because i look at it where i grew out from this industry and as Lori said we didn't know i <laughs> honestly i was still a resident when i first opened my first practice i was lucky i had some amazing pa friends um and they kind of ran with it and kind of grew the business but back then you have to realize it was one botox one filler and it was mostly lasers mm -hmm. um so laser hair removal was super popular about 18 19 20 years ago and nowadays it's it's been commoditized into yeah upper lip is like five bucks nine bucks <laughs> yeah. you know and, and so we've definitely evolved in in the industry and things have become better and we're a lot safer because we know a lot more stuff but ultimately um wow the education it, it, the education the foundation you need to build is is really really important it really is um shannon asked a question i wanted to let you know that uh, the difference between our foundations of advanced aesthetics course uh that we offer here at our clinic and the one that the aesthetic show um the aesthetic show is a little bit more abbreviated so the cme um, hours that are required are, are shorter i think it might be four um and the one for the course here is probably 10 or 12 hours long um, and then the course at the aesthetic show and aesthetic next you don't get to inject uh, you get to listen and play with models and syringes and work on dexterity and all kinds of fun stuff and then watch a lot of us inject some of the patients. So that's, it's a little, it's quite a bit different. It's a little bit more abbreviated. So it's not, not as comprehensive, but it's good information. That a lot of people still don't know. So, right. Yeah. 
So we have, we're, we're getting some questions. Um, as far as for us training as a beginner, what course class would you recommend? Uh, of course, we're going to rec our, recommend our own. Our foundations of advanced um, aesthetics course is a really strong mm -hmm. course. Um, definitely, if you want the hands-on portion to really get the feel of it and all that, it really is coming into our school here in, um, in California, in Brea, and really getting into it because we really do guide you we hand hold you through it sometimes i grab the pay <laughs> the <laughs> practitioner's hands and we're doing it together so that you can get a feel for right. the tissue because until you get the feel for the tissue what does it feel like to inject on bone what does it feel like to inject through tissue you really really don't it doesn't click you could watch all the videos you want i mean this is one where you can keep watching 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 but until you have a good understanding of what it is to inject and feel the tissue, yes. knowing where you are, knowing how it pushes, knowing how to hold a syringe properly, the finesse of it all. Once you get to that point, then you're considered to me an intermediate injector. Then you can start going into more advanced trainings, watching people doing their different techniques and say, hmm, that sounds good. What's going on there? Why are they doing that? Why, what's going on anatomically? And really work it out on your own where you can figure it out without right. needing someone to handhold you through that. So I think the first two years is a lot of handholding, doing courses that really get you hands-on hands -on experience, whether it is going through our foundations or whether it is doing a private training with somebody, but make sh making sure that you really are getting hands-on is, is really important. And, you know, I, I would say, you know, the, the next question is like recommended training for advanced injectors. How long do you think an RN can start injecting? Yeah. Honestly, I think our with our course, I tell I tell the RN start injecting Go. right away. Yeah. Go. While you get the feel of it in the course and you're injecting a real patient with real fillers in a course, go do it right away before you lose your confidence because yes. you understand it's not water it's a jelly you're injecting and it feels differently and watching the tissue expand and there's so many different things to kind of watch and coordinate that we want you to go out there and start doing it um, so if you're an rn and you have a license in your state to inject then once you take the course and you find somebody that can help hopefully like mentor you get out there and, and get a couple syringes and, and bring a family yeah. member in and 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 do it it's time on tissue the more you inject mm -hmm. the more comfortable you become just know you're never going to be 1000% comfortable yep. and that little edge of like mm, you know I want to be extra careful should always be there don't ever get overconfident cuz that's when you might run into issues yeah know? like newer yeah. injectors uh, you know one of the things i really really emphasize is trying to take a course that allows you to get the feel for the tissue and then beyond that is starting to find a job you know don't look at it as like I'm going to jump, jump all in and ditch my old job and <laughs> do this. Keep your regular job, work hard at it, learn at learn what it is to feel, touch, whatever it is. By by finding a clinic that you think can help you grow, that you want to maybe establish foundations for and talk to them. Maybe you don't get paid as a nurse. Maybe you get paid Apprentice. as an MA. Yeah. Maybe you don't get paid at all. Um, but take the advantage and learn i mean i i look at it as as an internship a residency type of a thing doctors understand this because when we graduate medical school we go and work in the hospital we don't get paid very much it's like i remember i got paid forty five thousand dollars for that first year intern interning at ucla i was working 8200 hours 
that's not really getting paid. That's just sufficing. But I came out on the end three years later much more confident knowing what I'm doing, knowing the, my abilities. And that's kind of how you have to look at it nowadays because there are so many, you guys are coming in and a little bit more of a mature stage mm -hmm. in the aesthetic field. When we were, when we were starting, it really was not like that. <laughs> not we, we were all learning at that point yeah. in time. Now we have so much more information. Mm -hmm. You can le jump leaps and bounds ahead of where we were and how many years it's taken us to get to our level of injecting you can do it very much quicker but you need to spend the time you need to spend the effort reaching out to someone local and working almost for free like tell them i'll be a medical assistant on the side i want this so that i can start injecting and you know maybe it's once a week that you'll get to inject for an hour or two hours start off with toxins which are easy start off with lasers um, and then slowly work into it. But you need to have that gumption to push yourself forward. Nobody's going to drag you along in life, especially in this field. Um, you have to want it. You have, and this is why I, I love what Lori said with regards to just shadowing, paying, whether it's you have to pay or not pay. If you can shadow somebody for a day and really see what it is behind the scenes, what we put out there on Instagram on a lot of these these things out there that you can see through the video are are essentially a a filter <laughs> it's a filtered version of our reality it's not complete reality but i mean you know just seeing the background seeing and understanding what it is to be an aesthetic provider mm -hmm. and what it entails is is really important and giving yourself time to learn and time to grow but also immersing yourself. You know, I, you know, my, my staff are, are lucky. Our staff are lucky because when they join us, they get access to our aesthetic immersion videos. And I think sometimes they just lose sight of that. And I keep reemphasizing, hey, you guys need to keep watching, keep educating. That's why we create these videos <laughs> for them. And a lot of them don't sometimes. I'm like, yeah. you, you're missing, yeah. you're missing the ballpark sometimes when you're not taking advantage of it and taking advantage of every opportunity. I have one nurse practitioner that will, will go to any and every training out there. I'm like, you are good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she came with me to I Amspa. know. Yeah. And so she will, will do anything and everything. She looks at it as like, I'm here that. to learn about anything and everything. I will act like I don't know anything and keep asking those questions of why, 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 which it. grows her experience and her knowledge base. But ultimately, to me, that first step is getting the right education, getting into a hands-on course to really get hands-on. Ask and make sure that these classes that you're joining in early on are going to include a hands-on course. You can take a didactic, but if you're not really hands-on, like our course, it's one hour. You get some toxins, you get two or three fillers, and you're injecting. And we record it. We record the whole day so you can go back and rewatch it. But, you know, making sure that you actually are getting that hands-on experience is, to me, critical. Because without that, that hands-on experience, you really, really miss out. You can learn all the knowledge you want, but it really is you get taught one, you do one, and then you're almost in medicine, teach one. <laughs> See one, do one, teach one is what medicine right. has always been taught to me in a sense. And it's like some people 
fill, I, I call it the filler to launch. <laughs> <laughs> you have to push them. Go. They, they, they take all these courses and take all these courses and take all these courses and they don't feel comfortable enough. Sometimes you just need to just say, okay, I have a good enough foundation. Let me go. But really, honestly, getting in with a within a clinic system or some kind of hands-on experience to grow your experience, grow your level of hands-on experience is really what's going to jump you leaps mm -hmm. and bounds ahead. I think um, we hear a lot of practitioners, providers come in, um, and we are not the first course they've taken. And they've gone to several other courses. And we hear comments constantly about how we are different and how much more they learned in our didactic and in our courses. We didn't know when we developed the information, when we shared every, every pearl, <laughs> you know, the good and bad that we've done in the videos to help you guys learn. Uh, we didn't know uh, how much we would cover that maybe other places didn't cover. The reason I'm saying this is I want you to, to vet any programs you go to. Make sure that they're accredited at least that makes uh, that lets you know that the school has gone through certain hoops and they have valid information that's going to help you and um, you're going to have probably a little bit higher level of education if they've gone to the work of getting accredited so i just wanted to make sure to kind of look at that some websites look fancy they look great and they say they're going to uh, give you a board certification that's fake it's not a board certification unless it's something from an abs from a governing body and the governing body can't be that school like we can't yep. we can't board certify anybody so make sure you watch for that kind of stuff okay. you can always get a certificate of completion which is fair but be careful about when they say yeah. they're going to certify you yeah there's no certification no. yet we're hopefully there's something in <laughs> the future that, that can at least somehow guarantee that there's some level of experience, some level of um, knowledge base before people get certified. Um, but at this point in time, certification really is here. Your certificate of completion that you've done a course, that you've been educated, but there is no competency with regards to that. Yeah, is really that, what goes along with mm -hmm. that. That might be knowledge, but it's not expertise. Yes, based, exactly. So. Um, yeah, like Vanessa, you're saying tapping on the bone is an experience for sure. Yeah, Vanessa, it was, right? You tap on the bone, you're like, <laughs> it's like tapping on drywall. When you first do that, it's kind of. Do you have any other questions, guys? Just because I know the qu other one with question and answer, this is a chat page. Um, so you guys, we have the question and answer. So chat with us because we're kind of watching a TV to let us know what your, what your questions are. So okay. we have that. Um, there was one there. Uh, Drum PA here, my SP is very supportive of me learning, the, but any suggestions how to propose cutting out time in my schedule to book citations to build oh, that part build of my clientele? Ah, <sighs> that is a hard one. I mean, that honestly is, is really kind of going above and beyond because you are trying to do something within the scope of what you are doing as far as a derm PA mm -hmm. versus actually doing into aesthetics, being an aesthetics PA. I think part of that is carving out and maybe working an extra day, but doing it as not part of being a derm PA, looking as keep I'm going to work at, keeping it as mm -hmm. a separate thing. I mean, it is something where you can even talk to them and propose cutting time out of the schedule for sure maybe two hours just to work on something that you want to start perfecting, whether it's toxins to start off with and build that aspect of it and then slowly add in the fillers and then other other things with regards to that. And then you can slowly block off a whole day where you, now you're bringing them in a whole day of aesthetic patients. 
But I mean, honestly, even as a Derm PA, you could literally work for the Derm and then find somebody else in your area that owns a more medical spa that you can really learn and literally be a fly on the wall, be more of a supportive mm-hmm. staff member there so you can really learn from them. Yeah, you're working extra hard. You you know, people look, oh, I'm working already five days. Well, maybe it's something where you can cut a day off of those or work a longer four-day schedule knowing that you're going to spend that fifth day working on the right. field of aesthetics. Because if this is what you really want to do and this is your passion because you know this is where you want to take your career, then you're going to spend extra time and effort doing it. I was going to bring, that's what I did. Uh, when Dr. Kwok said, you know, he would hire me, I kind of went over to one of the clinics just a couple days a week because I still worked in family practice three days a week. So I kind of did two days in aesthetics, kind of see what it was like, dip my toe in it, kind of learn more about it. And I kept my three days in family practice because I was afraid to give up family practice because there's so much I need to know, yeah. guidelines and such. Um, and then it ended up that I, <laughs> I loved aesthetics so much and the patients, it was a happy place. The patients were happy. We still got to educate. It was just a really, it was a great mm-hmm. environment that after about nine months or so, um, I totally stopped family practice and I've never looked back and I, it, I've been super, super happy. So, but I did both. So if you can kind of, you know, start a day a week or a couple days a week and kind of wean on off, you know, mm-hmm. wean off your other job, wean on to the aesthetics and, and see what you will like, see what you like, see if you really like it a lot. And it's, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll make your decision for you. I mean, Joanna, that's exactly, you took a six day course, um, don't have a job in the field yet recommend mm-hmm. taking continuing to take core classes it does get pricey but yeah. ultimately th- this is where i would probably say you took a six-day course hopefully it's including some hands-on experience where you really are really got in there and got hands-on that's where i probably say it would be something where you can potentially start to reach out to different places in your area that are medical spa or they are Durham Plastics uh, offices that do a lot of aesthetic medicine and what you're looking for and offer yourself to them, whether Mm -hmm. it is even just being a fly on the wall, being a medical assistant or just working for free. I actually did that with uh, one of my patients that was one of my nurses and she came and took one of our courses and then she she continues to see me and she's like, hey, can I can I just follow you? I'll be your medical assistant and not. I, I don't want to get paid, but I just want to learn from you. And, you know, I, I told her we can do a few days, try that out and see see how it is and um, and see where that goes. So there are a lot of people that out there that will love extra help. Yeah. I mean, our med spas sometimes get busy and having that extra help where it, you are kind of the fly on the wall, just following us around um, does help us out mm-hmm. in a sense, but you're getting education and then you can kind of trade off and say, hey, is it after a little bit of time? Hey, I've watched you a while. Can I bring in a friend and you watch me inject blah, blah, blah. I tell my practitioners who want to learn more areas or more different things. Hey, you know, I'm staying here. If you let me know ahead of time one day, 
um, I'll stay at, I'll stay back an hour and work with you on what you want to work on. And so, you know, th this is where it's a give and take. It can't be all oh, take, 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 take. I took this course. Now you have to give mm -hmm. me a job. Now you have to pay me a certain amount. You guys have to realize you have no skill set. Zero at the skill again. set. Whether yeah. you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a nurse practitioner, PA jumping into this field, you have zero skills. Zero skills. Um, one of the doctors that used to work with me, you know, she mm -hmm. actually, after she finished residency in family medicine, she actually worked for a derm for free for two, three months um, and did urgent care on the side to pay for her bills. And then she ended up coming back to me because um, she did do a little uh, shadowing while she was um, in, in medical school. Um, and, and I ended up hiring her. And then I kept teaching her more and more and more uh, from that. And that's kind of how I, I think it goes. Somebody yeah. says, hi, Lori. <laughs> oh, hi, <laughs> Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, th this is where I think people assume just because I took a course now somebody's gonna hire me and yeah. um and and I and I will definitely tell you there's a lot of nurses out there there's a lot of PAs and PAs and people that are trying to get into this field and mm -hmm. you know you're gonna be a step ahead of them to show that you've put some money into your education but you definitely have to gain the experience and the experience only comes when you put yourself out there and really really invest your time into honing your craft. Don't look at it as like, why am I not getting paid? Look at it as that time you're putting into it as building your portfolio, building your, your own education by getting hands on because without the hands on experience, you're not going to do it. Yeah. You can go to as many courses as you want. You can go to tons of conferences. You're not going to, there's nothing that's going to get you to that next level. And, and keep in mind, um, there might be some clinics that will hire you on as an apprentice. So it might be a very low rate per hour, yep. but they're willing to train you. But so many providers have been burned by putting hours and hours into somebody who says they want to learn and they learn and then they go open their own clinic and they don't stay. So yep. sometimes it's, it's hard and providers can get kind of disheartened because it takes a lot of energy and time and money, money to train somebody. So there might be some kind of an agreement depending on the state that, that um, you know, you're responsible for hours of training or some kind of compensation or something like that. So just kind of be aware that coming from experienced providers viewpoint, there might be something they require of you if you're going to, if you're going to learn a lot from them. So just kind of know. No, I, I, I think what, that, I think it's a good trade off. I mean, from yeah. coming, coming from owning a business, I, I will definitely say, you know, I've had practitioners who I've trained a lot. I put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> I put a lot of uh, heart, blood, and sweat into training them. And they get good. And they finally get to where you're like, okay, they're great. They're, I can they let can, them fly on their own. I can let them fly on their own. They're starting to do great. And then they're like, yep, I'm fine. I'm good now. And they literally leave you. And so this is where you guys have to understand why the field is so yeah. in flux with bringing on new practitioners and getting you trained and stuff like that is because there are a lot of us that have done a lot of great trainings for our practitioners and you could say yeah they screwed it up for the industry because they literally learned all they could from you and then they're like bye i'm going to uh, down the street to open up my clinic and yeah it's great for them but what about the what about me i'm gonna say um who spent 
extra hours yeah. of my day training you up and really getting you to that foundation that 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 level that you are at to do that that's that's money out of my pocket time out of my life that i mm -hmm. don't have that i can't get back that i put into you and you guys have to look in that and take into account that these businesses are not there just for you guys to be stepping stones for them if yeah. you find a place that you work with you know it, it is nice and reasonable to say hey if you train me i have no problems working for you it's kind of like going in the military they're yeah. gonna pay for your schooling you're gonna guarantee that you're gonna work with the military right. for four years afterwards i mean it's kind of where you guys have to somehow figure out a right balance for you and your situation and honestly some people we'll see where the economy takes us but some people who think that they're better than they are just because they now can do a botox and now do a filler that i'm going to open my own clinic you know we'll see because the economy is going to hit us and when the economy's good anybody can open the door and hang a little flag out and say i can do botox and people will come yeah. but when the economy starts to take a dive this is where you know people practitioners who really are solid with their skill set solid with what they can do solid with their business plans are going to survive um, and you know, this is where the industry is going to have its ups and downs. It's a great industry. Don't, don't discount yeah, that. It's awesome. It's a beautiful industry. You make some big impacts on pa patients lives. You make a, a big impact in, in the medical lives of your patients. But, um, ultimately it's, it's not as easy as it, it's not all <laughs> glitz and glam. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's, it's not. And if, um, I think that. Um, there's this thing called a Dunning-Kruger curve and it's kind of like when you're brand new you have all the confidence in the world and then once you start learning something you're like oh your confidence drops <laughs> and it takes a long time to get your confidence back up and that's so true in the aesthetic industry is that I see people come and they do a weekend course or a few days of a course and they're like good I'm gonna open my own clinic and it's like we know when we've been doing this for years that you are no more ready than a fly on the wall to open your own clinic and be safe. I think our main concern is safety for the patients. Yep. That's our concern, is that we want you to be so knowledgeable that you are gonna really know how to be safe and how to assess any for any problems and just be the best provider you can be, but that takes a lot of education, that takes time, that takes knowledge, that takes a willingness to learn. So I think it's, it's, it's really important. One thing I wanted to mention was when you select a mentor, or somebody to teach you, I need you to make sure that you pick somebody who does this full-time, not somebody who does aesthetics as a part-time gig. So you might find somebody who does ER three days a week and they do aesthetics two days a week. I would, I would say probably try to pick somebody who does it full-time and they've done so for quite a while and they're gonna be a, probably a good mentor for you. Um, I don't care about the degree, it could be Durham or plastic, could be whatever, a person who works in, in intensive care and they only work aesthetics a couple days a week. But make sure that they do it full time, irregardless of degree, and I think that'll help you in the long run get a better, a better knowledge base and education with this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, you know, we focused on beginning. Mm -hmm. I think beginning is great. I think as you move into more of an intermediate stage, this is kind kind of comes down to where do you where do you learn? How do you really continue to navigate? I mean, there are there are so many different educational opportunities from webinars to clinic trainings to private trainings to conferences. What are your thoughts with regards to all of those? Like, 
where do you people swim through the waters for yeah. that are now saying, okay, I can inject. I want to move into the next level. How do I continue my educational process? Um, because you're going to be in clinics that some of some of you guys are going to be blessed and be in clinics where they really do take you to the next level and they walk you and you guide you and they really are hand-holding you. And then other ones of you guys are going to join smaller clinics that really the medical person isn't even there. The medical physician isn't even there. Um, and you kind of almost are free-flowing because it's a business owner that owns the practice mm -hmm. and they really don't, um, aren't in it for the right reasons, but you're there and you have to be the practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, what do you say to those <laughs> people out there? Well, that's, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. And I think that's what actually personally, I think that's what, that's what sent me into looking for inf information. Cause I worked in the clinic a couple of days a week for the first three months. And then, uh, the, your PA went off on a problem with the, with the pregnancy. pregnancy. So I was by myself after two days a week for three months. So I, I went to conferences, I read books. Um, there wasn't as much available as there is now, but I went out and got as much information as I could so I could be as safe as possible. And that kind of sent me into that trajectory of constantly looking for information, asking why, how do I do this? How do I do this? So I think you need to try to, get information. Um, PubMed has good research. You need to look on, look for the latest research articles, read journals, read, I mean, JDD, all there's all different kinds of, mm -hmm. of uh, journals that have good published data. And the conferences, some of the conferences are excellent. Some are more geared towards other specialties. Some are just geared towards medical aesthetics. Some have more business, some have more hands-on type information. So go to the conferences and, and hop in on the different lectures that you want to learn is going to help you. I think it ultimately will take time on tissue. It takes the feel of what you're doing. That's the paramount. Really um, cadaver courses are paramount once you kind of get a little experience. I think if you're early on, cadaver course is still a little too overwhelming. Um, overwhel <laughs> it really is overwhelming. Yeah. I think until you start to feel the tissue, what a bone, what it is to hit the bone and then be able to inject into that area. Don't do a cadaver course. I know it, it's, it's what we all talk about, but until you have a reason to do it so that you can start to under uh like flip open this area and understand why are you scared of injecting this area what what's going on in this area that you've been injecting i don't think it's proper to do and as uh, a cadaver course because uh, you know you'll you'll we'll go to people who are early 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 what i've seen it where they go to cadaver course they're just sitting there hacking away at that oh yeah i see this i see this but you can see there's no correlation with anything that they're doing because they haven't injected enough to know and understand why the layers this is important and, yeah. the layers the blood vessels how it is to inject into this area versus this area what makes it more difficult in this area versus this area why am i not getting the results that i am because i need to inject this area and so um cadaver courses are great conferences are great as well uh, my my big thing with conferences is you're not going to get any hands-on experience so early on you know to me it's it's doing a hands-on course and then maybe reaching out to people that you think do good work in your area or even flying across the country wherever you want and doing more private trainings mm -hmm. getting someone to handhold you through injecting really feeling it getting the time on tissue so it becomes almost a um, an automatic thing of what you're doing, what you're feeling so that you can really know what you, what to expect out of this. I would this. say so you can be a very thoughtful injector. Yeah. 
I, I, we want you to be very thoughtful and very gentle. And um, when we inject, it's, it's like it's Helen Keller method of injecting. You can't see what you're touching, but we want you to learn to feel it and think about what's under there. Really think about what's under there. So that's what we do with our courses. But absolutely, the private trainings, you get you know, four to seven hours of one-on-one -on -one with us. So we do that oftentimes. Yeah. There's a lot of injectors out there that are really good that do private trainings around the country um, and internationally. So uh, you can hook up with someone like that and, and really get some, some really good one-on-one -on -one experience. And that's a really good intensive long day to, le to learn yeah. things. It's good. Yeah. And, and remember, yeah. you know, when you join a clinic, you know, when they have um, trainings, they're training you basic things, how what it is for this feeler, how it should feel like a little bit. They're not training you on how to inject. Right. They're training you on how this filler may fit into a profile, what it feels like, how it's going to respond and stuff like that. So if you consider those trainings, I personally don't consider those trainings because we no. both do these types mm -hmm. of trainings and our hands are tied. We have the golden handcuffs. We can talk all we want but a lot of the off-label areas a lot of things that we we do with it i sometimes don't even use the way they are fda approved in my patients i just have to train the way that it is because that's what fda approval is for so realize sometimes when you're listening to these companies put out stuff whether it is webinars whether it is uh trainings and stuff like that they're great they gives you a sense of some sort of level of education, but to really, really build into your own career and really expand beyond that is to do things on your own. Going to conferences, once you're stable, you have a base of foundation, that's where you start picking up pearls. Oh, that person talked about that. You know, I'm gonna try something, and then maybe that leads you to some other thought pattern of a why that you've been trying to address and figure out these light bulbs start going right. off. That's what conferences are for. You know, th they're not going to give you this big wow type of a thing. Um, you're not going to get injectable hands-on experience in these conferences because majority of them are too big. They're too expansive. You can't get these hands-on. And so this is why you guys have to think of what what is it that makes you tick how is it that you learn best so that you can create your own plan, your own uh, pathway in the field? You know, you have to understand yourself and be understanding just because somebody else says, oh, do this, do this. You have to understand, hey, you know what? I'm a visual person. I need to get hands on. I'd rather spend more money doing more private trainings with different people or taking our courses that provide you hands on experiences. Or are you at that level where you learn, I can just watch them and I can already make an idea of what I'm going to do. I'm confident when I'm at, where I'm at and you can already start to inject. You know, this comes down to separating yourself out into the different levels of experience out there. I, I agree 1000% with you. Um, you'll notice that when you first learn to inject, we call it paint by numbers. You are just looking at the syringe and how much you're injecting and you're just trying to figure out how much do I put in there. And as you get better and better, you start to take your eye off that syringe mm -hmm. and your eye goes onto the tissue. And what am I doing with that tissue? How is it responding? So when you kind of get to an area where you've injected a little bit more, then you can go to these conferences where, where there's somebody up on stage and you can watch them and they go, yeah, I can do that because you've done it for a while. 
don't expect to do that being a new injector. Mm -hmm. You need hands-on. You need someone there guiding you mm -hmm. for a while. And then get that experience in the clinic for a while. And then once you kind of expand to a little bit more intermediate advanced level, then you can go to those conferences where you can just watch somebody up on stage and see what they're doing. Go, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. But it takes a little while to get there. Yeah. So plan out your budget. It's education yeah. is a budget. You know, we spend a lot of money just to get to our level of education, <laughs> whether you're a nurse or nurse practitioner, PA, physician, you spend a lot of money just to get to this level. Mm -hmm. Now you're going into a whole complete field that nobody's teaching you out there in all of these regular medical facilities. You know, a hospital is not going to teach you how to do a Botox injection. It's not. You know, you have to go do it on your own. You need to provide your own education for yourself. So you have to look at your budget and say, okay, I'm going to spend a certain amount doing this to really, really harness it. And then this is the reason why. We, we, from our experience and just watching different practitioners through our clinics, through just trainings, it really is hands-on. So if you can get more hands-on in the beginning, this is why I say reach out to different local clinics in your area, try to get in um, with them to see if they can get you some hands-on experience, you know, but there's a trade-off, you know, because they're still running a business. You guys have to understand it. You're not going to jump from an ICU nurse and get paid an ICU nurse salary. Right in a field that you have zero experience, zero knowledge base, zero skill sets at. You know, this is where we hear all the time, well, I, I want to get paid this amount. I'm like, well, what <laughs> what kind of skill set do you have? I mean, it's just like somebody... You've been working in ICU for 12 years, so what makes you think you could earn the same thing being a brand new injector? It's I know. Like... It's, it's, it's a hard yeah. fact and a hard reality yeah. to swallow. But it is also, you could say, a career change for mm -hmm. you guys. And so with that career change, don't let go of being an ICU nurse. Continue working ICU nurse. Maybe take a shift less per month so that you can harness that energy to do what you want to do and find a, uh, find a place where you can maybe just work for $10 an hour or don't work for any money at all. And that trade-off is you sign a contract. Hey, I'm going to do this and then maybe I get this, this, this. I you're going to train me on this, 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 and that's where it comes down to. But you guys have to understand that it's time on tissue, spending money for your education. Don't waste money going to all these conferences, in my opinion, when you're beginning because it's not going to make any sense. You'll make some great friends. So maybe once a year, choose one conference to go to just mm -hmm. so that you can experience it, get yourself immersed in it, build a community around yourself. But don't spend a lot of time going to every single conference. It's 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 not a show. I would choose um, to go to some of the schools and get some of the good, either online training or in-person training. Um, we have that. I we had a question about the mentorship program. It's a really good. We noticed that a lot of newer and advanced injectors alike didn't have um, a community that they could trust and learn from and. So that's why we developed the mentorship program so that you can watch videos again and again and again and learn and mm -hmm. um, be able to come for a discounted rate to the hands-on courses. So that's why we, and in, in, there's a community, uh, kind of like, a, it's almost like a Facebook community mm -hmm. with our mentorship, our mentees, where you can communicate and throw out, uh, ideas back and forth and everybody can help uh, each other. So it's really, it's we're so proud of our group because they help each other. We have people who are national trainers and we have people who are newer in the mentorship 
community. So it's really a huge help if you're new or if you're advanced um, to kind of be in that group and a safe group, a safe mm -hmm. group to ask questions like, oh my God, I screwed up here, what should I do? And everybody's done that. We learn from our mistakes and we go forward. So it's, it's, uh, that's what our mentorship program does as far as answering that question. So we hope that's what we aimed for. Yep. And that's what um, I think that, that everybody's getting a lot out of it. So that's good. And Vanessa, yes, sacrifice to advance. Sacrifice to advance. Sacrifice to advance. This yeah. is, this is an in and of itself in medicine, a whole brand new field. Mm -hmm. And you cannot look at it as something that you're just going to jump in, take one course, and I'm good at it, and I can go and jack. <laughs> We've seen that, you know? though. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, yes, the mentorship yeah. program is available mm -hmm. to Kenyans. We actually do have Kenyans. We have people from around the, oh, from the like world and that join. Our, yeah. It is 100% virtual. Mm -hmm. um, we do try to do is we do a Zoom call once uh, once a month, mm -hmm. which is actually after. Um, our AI live, we typically will jump on it and we have an hour to really, really kind of just talk and just really, really just help guide people mm -hmm. through this. We, we put in different topics. We, we get to see it's a zoom call. So we get to see everybody live. It's recorded, but everybody who's awake, we get to see everybody live. <laughs> so it's fun because we get to hang out with friends. So it's really cool. But all right. Oh gosh, we've talked a lot. <laughs> I think they're wrapping us up, but hopefully that helped. <laughs> Hopefully that helped. Yeah. If you guys have any questions, you can DM her. No, DM both of <laughs> us. <laughs> DM the aesthetic immersion. You know, if you have any more questions, you know, the aesthetic immersion is here to help. You know, we're, we're, we're here to help guide you guys. So realize, ask uh, away. June 6th is our next episode at 5 p.m. I don't know what our topic is. We'll launch it on the aspect of it. But if you have any questions, learn at the aesthetic immersion.com. You can email. email us with regards to that. Um, and then jump on our Instagram, jump on our webpage, see what kind of um, hands-on courses that we have upcoming that are in, of interest to you. Other than that, thanks for joining us. We'll thanks see you at the next us. AI Live. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, that was our AI Live podcast for today. Be sure to check out our other episodes. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.